Welcome back. Here is part two with Yelena Cherney. I was excited to get this job. I did not realize um, that I would be worried. Well, I, I, I realized that my days would be very long. I would be working three days a week, but it would be 12 to 14 hour shifts. And my shift would start at 3 a.m. Is this every in the morning. hospital? Um, this is, no, this is uh, they have sp separate dialysis clinics. Oh, dialysis, okay. Um, so I did my um, schooling for to become a patient care technician. I got certified and I went in full force um, because as soon as you got certified, you were able to get your insurance. And I basically started working and started treating SIBO at the same time because I was able to get the antibiotics from the doctor and uh, the stress of starting a new job, the stress of not sleeping, having the twins, my twins were at that point two years old, um, going on about two and a half uh, or so, um, going on three, and I was pushing all like 100% of everything that I can give, I was putting out. And in order for me to get this job, um, uh, the other benefits that came with it is that I was able to put my kids into a before and after school care program that was provided for families that um, were under a certain income threshold. Um, and so I was, super excited to have that. My son at that point was diagnosed with autism and was starting treatment there. How old were, how old were your kids at that point? Um, Eric was diagnosed at two and a half years old Okay, and started treatment shortly after, after that. So this would have been like five years ago-ish? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I all of all of those things were all great things for me but I was dying inside because I was not sleeping and I couldn't back up because now I had set up all of these things like I had insurance my kids had before and after school care I had my kids at a good school. You're making an income? Uh, yes, yes. I felt like I there's like st quitting is not an option. So I pushed myself even harder. And there were days that when my babies were sick, I didn't sleep at all. I laid down with them as they fevered through the night or whatever happened. And then I would get up at 2.30 in the morning put my scrubs on and head out the door. And I was back into a even more stressed um, body that, that I've ever have. And my body was screaming. And not only that, my SIBO was at its worst. I had so much joint pain, brain fog, fatigue. Like I was, I felt like I was a walking dead person <laughs> like I couldn't even function I don't even know how I even drove myself to work and from work and thank god I didn't kill anybody at work so did did the um when you got on the rifaximin I don't know if you did neomycin too but when you got on the antibiotics did did that resolve the SIBO that um I felt great while I was on the rifaximin yeah, I did too. but us and the neomycin mm -hmm. but as soon as I stopped my antibiotics a week later I would be right back where I started oh my gosh. so I would relapse right away 
Um, and then now ha battling with this for so long, I have now realizing that after so many rounds of antibiotics that I've done, I never addressed um, yeast. Post-antibiotic yes, yes, yeast yes, 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 yes. Um, that came with its own problems. Yes, um, and it will eviscerate your gut. Yes, yeah. yes. So I I kept pushing. I kept pushing, and I kept pushing, and I stayed in this state for about six to seven months, and then that is when my body said, "Nope, I am not getting up again." I woke up one day, and I felt like. I can't get up. I don't even want to go to the bathroom. I don't want to lift my head up. I like my, even every cell in my body was saying, get up and go. And my body was just like, nope, I'm not moving. And what was your thought when you were starting to, when it was starting to shut down like that, had, you still thought, okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll be fine. I'm, I'm going to hang on to my job. You yep. didn't quit. And you had a couple fainting episodes at work. I did. I did. Every time I would get up, everything would spin. The room would get dark. I just held on to dear life and kept pushing and kept pushing. What was your blood pressure? Did they take? I don't know. I'm sure I don't was, know. Yeah. I'm sure it was not in the good space. No. Um, but I remember very clearly that in about the month of July, um, it was the second time that I'd fainted. And this time, I it was my day off. Actually, I got up and it was like. And at that point, it was so bad that my husband would get up. He would take the kids to school, and I was. I continued to sleep mm -hmm. and I didn't even hear them getting up and going and I would open my eyes and it would be 10 o'clock and then I would shut my eyes and I'd open them again and it's noon and then I would close my eyes again and it's one o'clock oh and two o'clock and I was just like oh my god what mm -hmm. is happening um so had you quit your job yet at that point, no. No, you were still going to... I got up to go to use the bathroom after it was like 1 o'clock in the daytime. And I found myself in the hallway on the floor. And I thought to myself, geez, Yelena, you're sleeping on the floor now in the hallway? Like, geez, you're tired. Like, this sucks. So I got up and I looked at my knee and my hip and I'm like... She's probably People thinking like, oh, it's ins a little insomnia. I'm just <laughs> right. a little tired. It's I'll okay. I need to get a little rest. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So I called my husband at work and I said, babe, I think I can't do this anymore. I just faint. Yeah. He came back from work. He took me to the doctor's. Um, I, we had me checked out and my doctor said, um, you need to quit your job. And then I spoke to him about all of these symptoms that I was having with like brain fog and all these things. And he said, and you're majorly depressed. Mm. Like you need to get on antidepressants. Um, you need to, you know, you need, uh, he actually didn't, he was not the one that advised me to quit my job. I was referred to mental health Okay. and mental health did a full evaluation on me. And she said, um, I don't think you're depressed but you need to quit your job. Okay. And like hearing her say, you need to quit my job, I was like, yes. You needed someone else like, to give you the permission. Yes, yeah. I really did. I was like, I could tell my husband that she said I need to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quitting, but she said that this is what I should do. Um, I, I want to go back a little bit because I don't. I just. I don't want to just brush over this part. Um, and in your case, it may not have been se as severe as I know. Like, even Katira said she dealt with this. I dealt with this. But um, mm -hmm. 
and a lot of people I know deal with this, and I'm sure there's some merit to it, but I want to aim this question at Katira really quick. In your 20 plus years of working as a therapist, you know what depression looks like, and you know what anxiety looks like, and I'm, and there is, I think there's a difference between having depression and anxiety as the result of being sick and then getting sick as a result of having depression and anxiety. And I, and I might be a little too close to the issue to understand the approach that I, I've heard a hundred times before that physicians like to take, but maybe you can tell us. Um, what is the reasoning behind this very common response where they'll jump straight to making up their mind that something like, I mean, I don't know, like mind-numbing exhaustion or excruciating pain, you know, in a lot of instances, are the result of a mental illness. Like, oh, oh, you're in pain. Oh, you can't get, you can't um, stay awake. You can't, um, you're having, whatever it is. Um, this is, you know, it's because you're depressed. And so take an antidepressant. That's the answer to all of this. Like, I, I know, I know I'm sensitive, but maybe you can shed some light. Well, I mean, unfortunately, like this response, it really is too common, all too common. Um, you know, many medical professionals, I believe, just often assume that if a person, you know, is encountering, you know, like some sort of physical health ailment and, you know, that may, might be difficult to diagnose, which maybe in your case and yours as well, Kim, um, or who don't have answers to just often jump to the conclusion that the person is then suffering from a mental health condition. I mean, while this can, you know, it can be true in some cases, but not in all situations. Um, and, I, you know, I can personally attest to this also because when I was going through, you know, my process to being diagnosed with Parkinson's, mm -hmm. the first neurologist I met with during my initial exam was asking me, you know, several mental health questions, which is a common practice and they should, they should you know, ask these very important questions. But it's just a way to rule out, like, as a possible diagnosis. Like, well, if, you, if I can't explain what's going on with you, then I'm going to say it's a mental health condition. Um, and, you know, during this exam, I felt he truly believed in the beginning that I was suffering from an, an anxiety disorder because, you know, he kept re asking me the same questions repeatedly, expecting a different response from me. And, and he even verbalized during the exam that, you know, he couldn't explain my symptoms um, and wasn't convinced I had Parkinson's. So, you know, over the years, I've had many clients um, that I've worked with and who I continue to work with ask my opinion if they should take in a psychiatric medication to treat their symptoms. Um, you know, especially if they're struggling with depression and or anxiety, but to me, medication is not the only treatment option available, um, but I feel many people are convinced that that is the answer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because again, therapy alone can be successful in treating depression, anxiety, or, you know, any other mental health condition. So it's not just medication alone. Um, you know, again, it's going to depend on the severity of the person's issues, but you know, I think they jumped to this conclusion like medication is going to solve all the problems when really you're not getting to the root of the issue. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go off on, on, on too big of a, of a tangent, but um, I just think um, those who know me either personally or through social media know that I am incredibly vocal about the topic of chronic illness. There, There's little frustration, in my opinion, that compares to, to the level of frustration that... Um, that some of us have experienced day after day and year after year in some cases um, with the lack of options when our conditions don't deliver a clear-cut diagnosis at their onset. Um, not only are our bodies under attack, but oftentimes it's our integrity that comes into question with accusations um, that we're somehow faking or exaggerating an illness, or um, which that, by the way, we don't want, you know, an illness that nobody wants. I mean, and I'm not saying that there aren't folks out there who are hyperbolic about their symptoms. I'm sure there are, and, and perhaps those are the cases when mental health needs a closer look. But 
there seems to be very little discernment to um, differentiate between a person who has a history of attention-seeking behavior or, or dishonesty and those who have a track record of, you know, like Yelena of, 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 and me and, and Katera of productivity and that indicates a pattern of behavior, a, a pattern that is not consistent with someone who would choose to fabricate symptoms of an illness. So I just think that there's a lack of discernment and, and, and that's all I'll say about that for now. <laughs> okay, so... Um, but okay, so getting back, after you left your position, you spent your days, as you said, sleeping around the clock. Um, I can relate with this. Um, I relate with the bigger picture of your entire story, not not, nece- not necessarily the details. But um, you want you were a, a type A woman, and now you're reduced to this. You are in a constant state of fatigue. Um, you can feel your body shutting down. It's almost like your body is saying, you know, good freaking luck in getting me to do anything you want me to do because I'm just I'm done. Um, around this time is when COVID hit, um, and is this sort of when you made the decision to have the explant surgery? Um, well, going um, basically after after I left the um, mental health office and I quit my job, um, which was very humbling, very very difficult for me to do. Um, I kept my kids in school and in daycare as I tried to figure myself out. And I was sleeping all the time, all the time, all the time. So this was still 2019. This was still late summer. And I, I was basically hoping that if I just if I just let it rest, that somehow everything would get better. But I just got worse and worse and worse. And I became more dizzy. I was very, very symptomatic. I was I had so much brain fog and joint pain. And I was just finding myself more and more intolerant to supplements and foods and smells and um, perfumes and all these things. and. Um, I, I was very, very afraid of what was to happen next. And I was spending the last of all the money that I had to find answers and to jump on every supplement and every advice that I could read online. And I was submerging my brain with all of this information that I could possibly get my hands on in regards to SIBO and gut health. Um, so I just... Um, just kept doing crazy things and I did like a 14-day water fast hoping to starve the bacteria. I tried to do all these different protocols that they had on SIBO and nothing was working and then COVID hit and everything kind of shut down which for me it was kind of godsend because I could just sleep mm-hmm. but the scary part is is that all of this time I was able to hide the severity of my symptoms from my husband and from my kids. I I didn't want them to see me like this because I'm strong and I am I could do it all and I was finding my kids finding me in bed and asking me questions and saying, "Mom, are you okay?" um and I felt like I was losing the control over the situation. I was losing the ability um, to take care of them and to take care of the household and to take care of my son and all his therapies and be involved like I used to be. And it was very difficult to swallow. 
Did you have support at like um, through family or um, was this mostly just up to you to take care of them when they were home? Um, it was it was me, and it was my fault because as I didn't tell my family, I didn't reach. I mean, they all knew that I suffered from gut issues because it's hard to it's hard to to hide the fact no, that yeah. you really can't tolerate this and that, and you're constantly t- tugging your food around um, yeah. everywhere you go. Um, but I was I didn't want to share how fatigued I was or how many hours I was sleeping because I always figured that is because people that do this kind of stuff are just very lazy and like this is not me like this is so like I had such high standards for myself as to what my life would look like and it was hard to accept Um, and it was all through COVID that I had suffered through like horrible, horrible fatigue. Like my kids were on Zoom and I cannot even tell you how many times like putting my my twins through kindergarten on Zoom and then having their teacher, I could tell you one moment, their teacher's like, I can't see you, Eric. Okay, can you go get your mom and have her fix her camera? And my son is like, I can't, my mom is sleeping. <laughs> and I almost died because uh, I'm on the couch with my eyes closed. I can't function like the light, the sound, everything is oh, so kids. hard to tolerate. And now this teacher thinks that I'm sleeping. And it, it was like the whole experience, um, it, it's very humbling. And it could either change you for the bad or for the good. And I had just going through all of this, like one, this is the main reason why I wanted to share my story is that going through all of this, I have gone through so many different mindsets. At first, when I was going through this, I was so bitter and so angry. I was angry at the universe, at God, like, how can this be? I'm a good person. Like, why do I get this? Like, what did I do in life so bad that I deserve to suffer like this? Um, And then also, like, going through this and during COVID, I was also thinking to myself, like, I am at the peak. Like, my husband is an attorney. We made it. We worked so hard. We put ourselves through school. We worked all these jobs. We saved every penny. We bought our first home, like, right before COVID hit. Like, we finally made it and I can't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I can't, like, I could care less about this house. I could care less about any of this because all I do is sleep all day. Like, God forbid, like, there'll be a time that I can't even, I can't even feed myself or take care of myself because taking a shower is like running a marathon for me right now. And none of this makes sense. Like, and I was very angry and upset and negative and all I did was every moment that I had the energy to do anything I was online trying to figure things out and I'm mm-hmm. uh, trying to see like what is wrong with me there needs to be a, a like a reason for this to all end or how will this all end or like I 
know that I don't want to die because I love my kids and my husband and I'm so excited and I want to see what happens to them when they get old. Who will they become? Who will they marry? What will my grandkids will be like? But at the same time, I don't want to live this life because all I do is I spend hours and hours in this bed and I'm stuck in my head all day long because there's nothing else I can do. And if I go to the grocery store, then I'm going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. If I go for a walk, then I'll crash. If I like, like all these things are going through your head. And I was in a very, very dark space um, where I was thinking to myself, like, I know I wasn't depressed, but maybe I am depressed. Maybe I am like, maybe I can fix this with, and I did, I tried all the depression medications that my doctors had wanted me to try. I was desperate. I was ready to do anything. And to be honest with you and to be completely open, I did everything out there that I can possibly get. I did a fecal matter transplant. Mm -hmm. I did fasting. Mm -hmm. I did uh, a carnivore's diet where I try to fast that way. Like anything that I could put my hands on, Mm -hmm. I have done. Mm -hmm. I had put myself through. It wasn't like I wasn't trying. Yeah, there's a level of desperation Mm -hmm. that comes when your entire like foundation gets just pulled out from underneath you. Like, and you're just falling down in this spiral into nothingness and, and you will do any, like, I, I, I remember telling like my, my husband, I was like, I would drink my own urine every single day of my life. If somebody told me that's, what's going to make me, like, you will do anything. I mean, it's unimaginable. And the, the part about the depression, I mean, I tell me who wouldn't be depressed by yeah. spending every single day in bed where you literally cannot stay awake to save your soul. And I know what that's like. I've been there. Um, who would not be depressed? Of course you're going to be depressed. I mean, I want to meet the person who doesn't get depressed saying, oh, this is this is great. I love this life. I mean, I remember one time I um, I told somebody, uh, I showed up to like one of my kids' games or, or something, and I said like, oh, they're like, oh, what did you do yesterday? What did you do this weekend or something? And I just said, oh, I spent the day in bed yet. And meaning like I was spent the day oh I wish I could do that and I'm like yeah you've got to be kidding me right now like so it's just so funny but um yes I I got that a lot too and my husband God bless his soul like he has been very supportive and he has tried to help me see this through from so many angles and he would tell me all the time like babe just go to the gym. You love going to the gym. <laughs> Just go to the gym or go on a hike. I know you, okay, I, it's, I see you're stressed. I see you're just been, you know, you're in bed or whatever. Just go on a walk or just go out with your girls. And I'm just like, I'm too tired to go to the bathroom. I don't want to do anything. I, I don't, like, I, you're too tired to sit. You need to lay. And then you get a little bit of energy and you can sit up. Like there was, but also there's different levels of fatigue Mm -hmm. that I have gone through. Um, But the turning point for me um, in my mindset is um, that happened in the beginning of this year. Um, Actually, I, I don't think we've actually have ever talked about this or I've shared, but my nephew got into a really bad car accident and um he was in the ICU for a while and when all of this was happening I went and I wanted to support his mom so so much and their family would just I mean it was every like his life was like turned upside down like way more than what I had gone through and this is a young kid and I went and I spoke to her and she was just 
all around her son and she kept touching him and saying, don't worry, son, soon you'll get out of here and you'll do this and you'll do that. And she was so positive. Mm -hmm. And when I walked in there, she told me right away, if you're going to cry, like step out. He doesn't need to hear you cry. It's okay mm. if you cry, but just step out mm. or like or or like don't don't like make any noise. Just ask him how he like tell him about your day. Tell him about your kids. And I spent some time with her and I left that hospital thinking, "Wow. If she can go through that with that type of mindset, what am I doing? I keep destroying myself with my thoughts. And I keep putting myself in these boxes of restriction. And every time that I talk to somebody, I'm constantly talking about my health and how I'm feeling and how tired I am. Anybody asks me how I'm doing, I'm like exhausted. Uh, you know, and I started to dive deep into mindset. And I stopped like I used to have all of these different podcasts on SIBO and and is it Lyme that's causing me not to completely heal is it mold is it a reactivating parasites. virus is yeah. it parasites like I is it this is it that and I just decided I'm gonna I'm gonna silence all of that um and I am going to focus on only positivity and I started listening to positive messages and listening to people that have recovered from horrible things in life and that had received healing from different um from different illnesses and people that were in way worse situations and I started speaking positive things over my body and over my mind and I and it was so hard but over time so I started doing this probably in February and every single time somebody would ask me how I'm doing I'm like I am doing this and this and this but that's okay because it's a journey and and I'm gonna get through this and I started um looking at myself through a different lens i used to think to myself like maybe my kids you know my poor kids they constantly see me lying around and they see me so ill and sick um and tired like I, and i had all of this guilt around the fact that i used to be this mom that would like juggle my kids to the gym and then the children's museum and then the water park and this and that and, like i would never sit still and now we're just housebound and i'm you know started thinking to myself and i had my husband tell me this and other people tell me this like you're teaching your kids that this sometimes happened and i started telling myself well maybe i can't do much for them but I can teach them how you can approach life when life sucks. Mm. Well, yeah, even though I'm true. lying here, I'm still going to speak positivity mm -hmm. over you. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to ask you about your day. I'm going to do, I'm going to take every day, day by day, and I'm going to see what I can do to pour in on you. And mm -hmm. I started thinking to myself, and my husband would tell me this at my darkest moments where I'm just like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. And, um, you know, he would tell me to myself, like, well, there's so much that you have that you are not seeing. Mm -hmm. And I started to see those things in my life. And I started to see that I can teach my kids that, 
even though I feel this way, I can sit with you and I can hold you and I can and I can kiss you and I can tell you that it's going to be okay. And I still have the ability to do that. I still have the ability to be here for you and you can come to me. And I started to realize that when I was at my busy state, when I had my energy, when I had my strength, I was running around like crazy and trying to do present, it all. Probably. But here I am laying yeah. in bed and I can actually sit and have a conversation yep. with my four-year-old, five-year-old, now six-year-old, seven-year-old. That is the gift of being stuck in bed is you are incredibly present. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I started realizing that, and my husband would tell me this, like, you will pass one day and maybe your kids will remember you. Maybe their kids will hear some stories about you. But then you're like, but then you're gone. Mm-hmm. But what have you left behind? Mm-hmm. Is it the house? The the is it the, the belongings that you have? But no, I started to realize that for me, it was my grandmother. And what did she do that was so special that influenced me? Well, she spoke to me. She told me stories about her childhood. She told me how she grew up. She asked me how my day was. Um, my grandma lived with us because we moved here from the Ukraine, and um, she kind of came along with the package. Mm. My mom had lots of us, so she and my mom was like me. She's like type A, running around, yeah. and my grandma would tuck us in at night, and she would pray with us, and she would spend time with us because. That we, we were her entertainment yeah. and she was our entertainment. And I was thinking, she left a mark on me. Yeah. She made me who I am today. And I started to realize that I could be that for the people around me, for my kids, for my neighbors. I can be a blessing in what I have the ability to be. Mm-hmm. So I started focusing on that. If I started instead of thinking like, well, this person has never done anything for me. Why should I do that? Or why should I go out of my way to do this? I started to think to myself, well, if I could say yes, I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And if I have to say no, then if if I'm not feeling well, if I physically can't do it, then that's okay too. And to be okay in that state of mind, like, yes, I'm not 100% today, but I have so much more faith and possibility and just the positive mindset that I know that this will not always be my life, Mm -hmm. that my story is not ended. Mm -hmm. I believe 100% that I will get through this I will get through yeah, this. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Believe it or not, but through these couple of months, I have had so much more healing mm-hmm. happen in my body with this type of mindset that it has in all the years that I've been sick. That's amazing. I yeah. have had been able to introduce so many new foods into my diet. And even though I still walk around with my Tupperware and some people will say like, oh, what are you eating now? And it will, right, like, I'll be honest today, it's just zucchini, celery, carrots, and like a tiny bit of beet all cooked down to mush with some proteins. And some people may think like, oh my gosh, that's all you can tolerate. But for me, that's a feast. Like I can digest that. And that is such a win. Um, because 
in December, I couldn't even tolerate that. Wow. Um, and I just started to realize that there is a big, um, if anybody's out there suffering that you're still in bed and you're in the bad mindset, turn off those podcasts, stop reading those comments on the illness that you have and all the people that are suffering with you and start flooding your headspace with a positive message and feed yourself that. I was constantly feeding myself all of these other stories of and comments of people on the SIBO community and how they're suffering this way and who's trying this supplement and this person is worse and this person is a little better. And instead I started to flood my brain and my heart with positive messages and started thinking to myself, this will not be the end of it. I will survive this. I will get through this. I will find the answers to whatever Mm -hmm. it is that I'm happening today and I will get better. And then the days that I crash down, I have contentment with that. Mm -hmm. I tell myself, yes, I am sleeping more today, but I am healing. Sleep is very healing for me. This is what my body needs. I will go through this and then tomorrow will be a better day. Right. Yeah. I think it's important to like say like I always tell like my daughter because she has a little bit of her own health struggles and I always say, you know what, today, you know, it's not a bad life. It's just a bad day. You know, it's just, you know, it's one day Um, and, and taking it day by day. But I do think that like the mental aspect of this, the mindset aspect is, is very important. And mm-hmm. I think we go on a journey of our own in our heads when this, when we embark, uh, you know, when, 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 when we start to realize that we have something, um, an illness and in the beginning, especially if it's not clear cut and there's, um, some, um, ambiguity or just questions, um, you're so alarmed because your body is, all of a sudden not doing what it's supposed to do. I mean, you're so alarmed. I just remember feeling like, what on, what is, like being very turned upside down in my head and my body, like could not get it. And you're alarmed, but yet the rest of the world is like living and everybody's just chill and fine. And everybody's just kind of looking at you like, what's wrong with her? Like, she, what's wrong? And you're like, what, what? And you're just, and it is, so what ends up happening is you are telling everybody. You're like, no, let me, let me tell you, like, and it, you're desperate for people to understand yes. that I'm not making this up. I yes. would never choose this. And then what happens is you go looking for your community online because, oh, I found my, they understand. Oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, look at, they yes. have it too. But mm-hmm. then what happens is you get stuck in that loop where everything becomes about you know, oh my God, I'm sick and nobody understands and these people understand. And so that's what you're consuming and while you learn a lot in that process and i did i needed that support at the time you do have to start reframing that mindset and start seeing yourself as a person who's not sick because if you only see yourself as someone who has a chronic illness that's i'm sorry but that's what you're going to be i mean i just Mm -hmm. i like with this podcast with everything i've done it's always like every to me i mean i'm 17 years in this condition and it's always been temporary in my head I'm going to, you know, I'm getting better. Like, I'll be better. Like, it's always been temporary. And it may be forever. You know, it doesn't matter if it is or if it isn't. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. It's how am I living today and how am I choosing to think about it today. And I really do live by the day. Like, it's just not a good day. 
tomorrow will be better. And it's so important to look at your life as um, bigger than just what you're experiencing in this day and assume that every day is going to be, I'm not going to swear, not good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I can even say too, I mean, your mindset is so important because even with my diagnosis, the day of my diagnosis, I made a choice for myself. What am I going to do with this? Am I going to be depressed? No, I'm not going down that route because I already know what that looks like. And so I chose, like, I'm going to be positive about this. Yeah, this is an awful condition to have. There's no cure. But I'm going to live in the present. And being a therapist, like, that's what we always teach our clients, like, be in the present moment. And even though I was teaching that before, I wasn't really living that. And then that day, just, like, it kicked in. Like, now I understand what that all means. Because if I'm going to focus so much on the future, I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to be more sick. And I don't want that. You know, and so it really is important to focus on now. Not it's later. amazing that you had those like built-in tools to know. Well, because uh, you were very conscious about it. You so were conscious. You made a conscious choice. Like with us, we were in. We just kicked into almost like an unconscious, you know, response mode of like, what, you know, and just yeah. And I think it's like not knowing the answers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why is my body doing this? Um, it like, is it mold? Is it this? Is it that? Like, there's so many possibilities and there is nobody, you don't have a team. At least Mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, and you're jumping from doctor to doctor. And I'll be honest with you. I've had, I've had now three doctors tell me, I don't know. I think you can, should consult with somebody else because I've done all the things that I was taught to do for this condition and you're not responding. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to it's hear hard. It is hard. as a patient mm-hmm. because you're like, well, if the doctors don't know, how am I going to figure this out? Right. Um, yeah. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. It yeah. is It is a difficult condition to, um, to be in. I'm glad that they say that. I mean, I'd rather have somebody tell me that. Yes. Than I remember when I was, I was very initially, initially diagnosed with MS, um, which was then changed to Lyme disease. But even before the MS diagnosis, um, my doctor said, well, everything looks like MS. You're, you know, yeah. it looks like you have MS, but this one test, this diagnostic test, you're not positive on. Um, so it's not MS. I mean, I'm just, I'm simple, simple terms, but this is basically the message she was giving me. I was like, so it's, so it's not, but it looks like it is, but it's not. Okay. So, so then, so then what do I do? Yeah. Like you agree that I clearly I'm testing positive in all these other ways. And, and I go, well, what could it be if it's not MS? What could it be? He goes, well, it could only be MS. And I said, but, but you're saying it's not MS. He goes, no, it's not. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what, what conversation are we having? It was so confusing. It's like, they don't even know. Yeah. They don't even know. They don't even know where to point you. Yeah. It's the same thing when I got my POTS diagnosis. I was like so excited. I was like, yes, there's a reason that I'm sleeping. That's the part that people, um, I think it's confusing for people. They're like, what you're, it's, you just are excited to know, oh my gosh, now I know what's wrong with me. And now hopefully there's a treatment. That's what I want to ask you about next. Like you were diagnosed with POTS. Um, and you do have a, a significant iron deficiency that requires infusions, and you have some thyroid issues. Um, what tell us about the whole POTS? Experience. Yeah, I feel like when um, when my body started shutting down, like my thyroid started flaring up, and my iron was severely depleted. Um, but I also couldn't tolerate many foods, and I was depleted, but I couldn't. Have, 
I couldn't do anything about it because I can't tolerate very many foods. There's not much that I can eat. Um, and I, the one doctor that throughout this process is my parent, actually my primary care doctor from Kaiser that I would um, contact here and there because I knew that she would run a thyroid panel for me, for me to actually see where I was at. But I couldn't tolerate the thyroid medication. I was stuck. I was stuck. Have you My- ever heard of um, Gu- the Gupta Gupta method? Oh, there's another term. And I know those listeners are like, they're probably shouting out the term. It starts with, have you ever heard of it? No, I'm talking no. about. It's basically the rewiring of your... Is it your sympathetic nervous system? It's basically, no, it's not. Oh my gosh, I'm going to screw this up. But anyways, it, what it, a, a lot of people that do the Gupta method, and I did it too, um, have um, issues with food intolerances and supplement intolerances. And it's actually a, I'm not saying this is what it is for you, but it's like a, it's like you have to interrupt the pa- pathway. I'm mm-hmm. making no sense right now. But anyways, that what it does is it, it changes the response in the brain because a lot of times those intolerances are not biological. It's actually um, like some kind. It's neurologic, not neurological. I don't know what the word would be. You never heard of it? Do you have? Do you guys I, I've heard the concept that you're describing. I've yeah. had uh, doctors uh, so describe that to me, but I don't know the term for that. It's good. I mean, it, I, I I think you're already probably there. But um, for those listening, oh, you know, maybe I'll, put, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, what were that's you okay. That's so you okay. became intolerant to um, supplements. Yeah, I and the problem is, is that I have all of these issues, but I can't tolerate the treatment for those God. for those. Um, yeah. So I understand the frustrations, even with the doctors that are trying to help you. Yeah. Oh, you have, say, yeast. Okay, well, let's put you on this herbal supplement for yeast, and you feel like you can't sleep. You have insomnia. You're having anxiety attacks and flushing and all of these things. Like, you feel a thousand times worse. Like, you now you were, like, barely surviving, and now you're, like, even worse than you were off. Like, you can't do it. You can't push through. Right. Um, so something like that or maybe you can push through like a day or two but at some point you just need to sleep um so i i understand their frustration too um but this doctor so she ended up actually calling me one day because i've been contacting her for labs and she um was able to get me a couple of iron infusions uh throughout covid years um and she called me in one day and she's told me I wanted I want to do a test on you um which I was so shocked I'm like man my Kaiser doctor is calling me to come in like I am chasing her (laughs) all the time and now she wants me to come in so she actually is the one that um did a few tests said I think you have POTS she was able to send me to a cardiologist to confirm it which was positive um which is um POTS is POTS Oh, I it's um, pastoral orthostatic yeah. oh, yeah. uh, tachycardia yeah. syndrome. syndrome. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's a it's a mouthful. Yeah, it um, so I was so excited when I got this diagnosis. I was like, I am gonna be fine. I'm gonna live. <laughs> like they're gonna give me a pill. Yeah. I'm gonna be fine. We're gonna stabilize this, and I'm gonna get my energy back and all these things and I remember meeting with a cardiologist and I was like so is this why I'm sleeping is this why I'm tired is this why I'm having brain fog and he's like I don't know I don't know why you're having any of those things I'm just looking to see if you're gonna faint when I do a table test on you 
And I was like, oh no. Um, and then I remember like right away contacting my functional medicine doctor and I'm like, I have POTS. I'm like so excited. <laughs> um, oh and gosh. he's like, yeah, that's a symptom of yeah, a root cause of something this. that you we don't know. I've actually and, heard that before. Yeah. 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 So you get a lot of those things while you're going through your journey. And then um, Kaiser also referred me and gave me the diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah, that's what I have. And um, they have opened up a clinic in San Francisco for mm -hmm. chronic fatigue syndrome. At Stanford? Uh, I believe so. The Stanford yeah. Chronic Fatigue Clinic? I had my first appointment. Um, Do you remember and, what doctor you saw? Um, I don't remember her name. Oh, is it? Okay, so I just had okay. one appointment with her, and um, they're suggesting... Uh, low dose naltrexone yeah, for treatment at the I moment. Um, I have not started that, but I have tried it in the past mm -hmm. for motility. Yeah. Um, and it caused insomnia for me, but I'm still going to give it a you try. You have to play with it. It's very finicky. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I'm sure that, you know, we'll, we'll get to the root of it. At yeah, some you point, will. I will yeah. come back on here yeah. and tell you all that I am 100%. I mean, you're on the right track and your mindset, you know, is definitely, um, you know, most people it takes them a lot. I mean, me, it took me a while. I, I was still shouting from the rooftops, trying to get <laughs> people to understand how horrible this was, you know, like how could everybody just be going on with their life and I am in bed and like, how dare they, you know, it's like, I kind of <laughs> well, walked back that way. Kim, this will be a great, um, this will be a great podcast for people to listen to that are going through all kinds of chronic fatigue, illnesses that they don't have answers to. There's a whole community of us out there, mm -hmm. and it is so important to have a positive voice out there mm -hmm. um, for the community that can't speak for themselves. It's, it's true. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've had appointments to where I looked forward to so much, but then had so much fatigue and brain fog <sighs> during my appointment that I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I can't get anything through, like, I can't get my mind together, my thoughts together. Um, so it's just so good to know that there are people out there that are living with this, with these issues, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, We're going to be okay. Yeah, and honestly, like, in the end, if you can look for the silver lining, and, I mean, it's hard to say that you know um it took me a long time to say that but there is a gift in there somewhere for me for you it's been if had I not been gotten sick had this not happened I guarantee you I would have never been a stay-at-home mom not yeah. a chance and I'm not saying that's the path everyone should walk not I'm not because there's no way I would have done it but turns out that my specific son and my specific daughter benefited and I can't I don't know who they would have been had I not been um so it's like the universe God works in strange ways yeah. and yeah. so it was a gift and also it was a gift for me I would never I, there's no chance I would be the person I am today absolutely not not a chance um so I'm thankful for it now because yeah. I don't know who I'd be without it and there's no and so um we have to start reframing the way we look at it like yeah. what is this here to teach me you know yeah. I, I agree with that. I feel like I'm a better wife because of what I've gone through. I have so much more appreciation 
for my husband. I have so much more appreciation and just feel honored to be a mom, to raise these kids, to pour into them, to be around them, to take it all in. Or nowadays, even when I get to go on a trip, on a camping trip, Mm -hmm. or like whatever that may be, that I was able to do that is, I have so much more gratitude and just- thankfulness that I yeah. got to experience that and all the petty stuff that I used to stress think, over like, yeah, yeah that I used to be matter. like oh it how many friends matter. do I have or what kind of picture that I post or who post like who thinks of what of me I don't care you don't care anymore it's weird I, how that happens. I think that there that is a big benefit to it to all of that like, and it almost feels sad like when I not sad but like when I do see someone who's still um you know that that is their focus or that's their whatever it's just you know um that's when I am go I go wow like a perspective like wow what a perspective shift that being sick has given me um you really do you don't you take don't take the little things for granted anymore I mean every little thing it's like you're thankful for I I was I'm thankful to be able to clean my own home again like for so long I needed help with everything and be able to drive myself it's like yeah it's it so yeah, I'm I'm not praising the chronic illness, but let's just I mean, if we're gonna live with it, we may as well look for the for, for the, the good for, for the right. for the silver lining. But um, as we close, I I want to thank I want to um, tell you how much I appreciate you coming on um, and thank you for that. And I I want to thank you for telling your story. I know um, there's much more we didn't have a chance to touch on regarding your son and his diagnosis with autism, which we did mention. Um, but there's a story that has its own story um your experience it with with that needs its own episode so we definitely want to have you back on to talk about that i i just have to say that i truly have enjoyed getting to know you and i really appreciate you being so candid about what you've been through um and before we wrap this up i want to tell our listeners who might be dealing with a chronic condition to keep fighting um keep fighting for the care you deserve you have the right to heal and that journey is, is long and it's hard and intimidating at times, especially when you're all tapped out, you know, like Elena talked about, um, and you're sleeping all the time. It feels like you've just run out of options. Um, but I, and I am a believer in taking breaks from that fight. Um, you can't be in fight mode for years on end, sleeping and fighting your illness, sleeping and fighting your illness. I believe in taking breaks from it, um, but just don't give up. Um, and that's something we'll just have to go into more detail on in a later episode. So stay tuned. And um, with that, I want to thank you, Yelena and Katira, for being here. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you back here next week. Bye. That's all for this episode of Humanity Unlocked. Do you have a personal story to share with us? We're all ears. Visit humanityunlockedpodcast.com and send us an inquiry. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe to hear weekly episodes of our show.